Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. I didn't know that. I didn't either. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. Interesting. Mm. That's why you need Robert Half. Yep. I don't think that's a person. That's the company. Okay, I was confused. Yeah, their specialized recruiting professionals engage with their proprietary AI. Welcome to connect businesses (laughs) of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. See, at Robert Half, they know talent. I wish I had had Robert half back in the day oh, when I was hiring. Okay. So, no offense, Sona. Oh, it, it, I feel like you did mean to offend me. Yes, you wouldn't be here if I had had Robert Half. Okay. Visit roberthalf.com today. Noom uses the latest in proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Noom builds personal plans that can meet an individual's needs, takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. I think a lot of intelligence has gone into the whole Noom system. They really think about how humans live, how they think, what their psychology is, and it's all been used to help people control their weight. So stay focused on what's important to you with the Noom psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's Noom, N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now, wherever books are sold. My name is Ellie Kemper, and I feel thrilled about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and lose, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends, yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hello, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I am the aforementioned Conan O'Brien. I'm here with two of my quote friends. I'll put them in quotes. Mm-hmm. Sona Mavsessian, nice to see you, Sona. What? Why are we quote friends? Well, you know, just it, yeah. it gives me a level of security, yeah. uh, knowing that it could go either way. And uh, we got Matt Gorley in the house with us. How are you, Matt? <laughs> quote, hello. Unquote. Yes, quote, hello. Um, how are you guys? Pretty good. Okay, you said in the house, like D-A? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, I I need to constantly show that I have street cred because everything about me screams no street cred. But that's street cred from about 25 years ago. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. Yeah, he still raises the roof. I still raise the, I still raise the roof. Erica Brown, who works at the show, is constantly telling me, you cannot raise the roof, Conan. Yeah. It's, no one raises the roof anymore. And she says it with great authority. You still do it. I, I want any kind of street cred. And if my street cred is circa 1984, I'll take it. When's the last time you pumped up the jams? Oh my God, I did that this morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I pumped up the jam, pump it up, pump it up, pumped up the jam, pump it up, pump it up. I, uh, doesn't matter to me what era street cred I get. If it's 23 Skidoo street cred <laughs> from- from 1938, uh, I'll take it. That was you know? street cred back then? Yeah. I think so. 
Hey, 23 Skidoo there. Don't mess with that person. <laughs> don't mess with him. He's a badass. He just said 23 Skidoo. I don't, I will take any era of street cred. I don't care. All right. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. You're really cool. You're a really cool guy. Um, you don't think I'm cool at all, do you? I think you could be cool. I think you try to be cool and then you stop yourself from being cool. I don't want to be cool. No one wants me. And also, you know what? No one wants me to be cool. That's the other thing. It's I don't just know. They just don't want it. Mm. Let's they give it a shot. What don't. if you sincerely tried right now to be cool? What would it be yeah. like? I don't know. Be Lila, me not caring too much. <laughs> Your voice changed. I you mean, know. that kind of works for me. That's. I don't care. Hey, I don't care if it works for you or it doesn't. This is my energy now. I'm just. Fuck it. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down with this guy. I, I like, like this, this guy, guy too. Yeah. I'm not even going to try. Why don't I try? Cool. You know what? I uh, I don't know. I just just women are fascinated by me because I just don't care no, about you know, them. No, no, you ruined it. You ruined it. Cool guys don't say women are fascinated no, by they me. Don't. No, you yeah. know what makes me. You know what makes me sexy? I just don't fucking care, man. No, you're ruining it. Hey, Coney, it's, uh, we're late for six period. We better get going. You guys go ahead. I'm gonna chill out here in the yard. The yard? Yeah. <laughs> Smoke another bone. What <laughs> a bone. And uh, I'm going to roll these dice. You guys go ahead. I used to think that Conan guy was so cool, but he's so weird. <laughs> Tell the teacher I said, hey, daddy-o. <laughs> Who rolls dice by themselves? He's just going to roll it and pick it I up play, and roll it again? I play dice solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool guy. Yeah, you guys go ahead. Go to class, whatever. Tell the teacher... I said, what's new, 23 Skidoo? <laughs> I'm out here smoking my J-Bone, my uh, jazz cigarette, and I got these dice that I'm going to roll by myself. Hey, Sonan, no. who's that 58-year-old guy playing dice solitaire in the yard? I don't know, but he really wants to be cool, and it's just... I don't want to be cool. I just am. I got a oh. feather in my cap. I've got this Belgian cap. Just, <laughs> I've got leather pants. I've got big, puffy sneakers. Puffy sneakers? You, yeah. What? You're just wearing slippers. <laughs> yeah, they're Uggs. I'm wearing these Uggs, and I got, the, got, I've got Uggs from 15 years ago, and I've got oh leather pants, God. and I'm playing dice by myself, <laughs> and smoking a joint that looks like it was made probably right after World War II, and I've got a feather in my cap, and uh, I don't give a shit about. What class you guys are in or what's happening. Yeah. What do I care? Yeah, who cares about American history, right? Well, actually, I passionately care. No, no, no. Conan, oh, you got to stay so, with you know, it. I don't stay care. I don't care. Stop it, yeah. I think, okay. America, is, I think America is history. Yeah. You know? Like, whatever, it's over. If I told you then that um, Edwin Booth killed Abraham Lincoln, what would you say? <laughs> I'd probably start to get mad, but then remember I'm not supposed to care. <laughs> and I uh, would quickly... Regain my senses and be cool again. I'm very cool. That's why women are so attracted to me. Fascinated with you. Is that, yeah, yeah. fascinated with me. It's because I, know, it's I just attracted. don't care. I'm such. I think they're fascinated with you like a scientist is to like a Petri dish. <laughs> <laughs> women are like, what is that? How does that work? Uh, I must find out more. <laughs> I like that the kryptonite to your cool is us giving out misinformation about American history. Well, that's just bullshit. Edwin was a great Shakespearean actor. And uh, No, Conan, no. You I mean, oh, I don't care which yeah, booth it was. There you go. I don't okay. care if Lincoln was shot by a phone booth. Yes. 
Yeah. See, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Who's this Whatever. guy? Wow, he's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. I don't know that booths, the booths are from Maryland. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, let's go. Now let's we know you do. We know you do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, we have a uh, wonderful show. Wonderful show hosted by maybe the coolest, sexiest guy who just doesn't give a shit in all the business. My guest today is a very funny actress who has starred in such shows as The Office and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And in the hilarious movie Bridesmaids, now you can see her in the new Disney Plus movie, Home Sweet Home Alone. I am thrilled. She's with us today. Ellie Kemper, welcome. to be on your podcast for a very long time. Well, I, you know, first of all, as you know, it's a very long line to get on this podcast. You it know, is. Uh, Meghan Markle's been waiting to be on the podcast for two years and there just isn't time. I'm no, like, I no, know. we've got to talk to Abe Vigoda's son. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to talk to Mickey Rooney's attorney. Uh, yeah, you know, we have there's a, long, a line. There's a long line and you've got I to know. respect that. But Ellie, I want to start right away by letting people in on the fact that you and I have a special relationship because, mm -hmm. you know, and this is not even a humble brag. This is a brag mm -hmm. brag. Yep. But um, yeah. I took you under my wing <laughs> when, you were, when you were very young yeah. uh, and gave you the honor, the high <laughs> honor of being an intern on my show who worked for free. Yep. One of the highest, <laughs> one of the highest honors that can be bestowed on anybody, and we all know that that is the gateway into show business. Yes. Well, you might be joking a little, but you're not wrong. Look at all the people who have thrived in show business after intern interning for you. Yeah. Well, a lot of people from the office. Yeah, John Mindy Krasinski. Kaling, John, John Krasinski. Krasinski was an intern. Uh, Mindy Kaling, uh, Angela Kinsey. Mm -hmm. um, we've had uh, a lot of people don't know Sir Ian McKellen was an intern <laughs> on the show in 95 to 98. And guess what? Yep. Total asshole. We'd send him on coffee runs. That doesn't surprise me. We'd send him on coffee runs and he wouldn't even come back. And then he would come back and off. he'd be wearing a robe and there'd be no coffee and he'd say, You shall not pass. He'd <laughs> be like, What? We just want coffee. <laughs> you shall not pass. No, we had, uh, yeah. and it's so funny because I don't remember. Were you, were you a good intern? Be honest, mm. and be, and and be honest because some people think of themselves as a good intern, uh, and I don't remember. I don't recall. Right, right, right. I, I again, not humble bragging, just now bragging. I was a good intern. Well, first of all, let me just be clear. I was twenty five years old, which is a little old to be an intern, that but is, that's how old I was. That is ancient for being an intern. <laughs> Oh it's, it's embarrassing. No, for an intern. It, I, I, no, no, I'm not being no, it mean. Is. You are a very uh, young and attractive person to this day. I am just saying yep, the average intern, I mean, well, I mean, 19, is in college. I think Krasinski was 11 when he was an intern. <laughs> and he was the exact well, same height that he is yeah. today. He was just this giant ape of a child. Yeah. Well, do you want to know that? So my younger sister, Carrie, who's four years younger than I am, she essentially got me the gig because she was an intern for you mm -hmm. before I was. So she knew Aaron Cohen, if you remember that name. Yeah, I do. From Yeah. And so he's who I interviewed with. And she put in a good word. She might, you know, well, at that time, I guess she was 21 year old sister, put in a good word for me. And, and I think that's how I got. Well, I was about to say the job, but it was more a volunteer job. Yeah, I guess, it's not a, pay. I mean, it, it's not, we didn't pay. No money changed hands, uh, no. but 
I would have guessed you'd be a really good intern. And I don't know, I, did I, we have any interactions? Did you ever see me? Did I ever explode at you and say, don't look you, at me? <laughs> I'm a celebrity. You, I did not have that many interactions with you, in fact. We rode up on the elevator a few times mm-hmm. um, with Deb Shaw, yep. who used to do costumes for you. Um, and there, I, I, I seem to have run into you in the um, costume, I don't know, station? I used What's to go the there room? a lot and uh, dress as, <laughs> a, as a woman. I was often, it made me comfortable. I would go there and dress as Carmen Miranda. I'd put fruit on my head. Uh, I always liked things with a bare midriff. But I spent a yes. lot of time in the costume uh, room. I did. Yeah, I thought it made yeah. me feel very happy. I don't you, know. That's, that's all where I, can say. I saw you. I saw you like twice, and both times were there. Yeah. And um, I was. I am a diligent. I'm a good student. I was. Uh, yeah. I was a good. I was a good intern. There was one time I mixed up a lunch order. Um, we were in the Simon and Schuster building. I know. I, that, that it was your offices were being redone. Yes, they were Center. redoing our offices yep. to put even more paintings of me on the wall. That was at my <laughs> insistence. Your, your, your. I demand. found. I found. Uh, I think. I remembered. I found three square inches where there was no depiction of me on the wall, <laughs> and I lost it. And so they moved us to the a building next door, the Simon Schuster building. So we were in a different. I remember that era well. So yep. you would have been uh, a, an intern there. Yep. And um, I'm glad you have no stories of me, you know, um, behaving insanely. That's good. Nothing explosive, nothing insane. And um, there was, I think I was still an intern when I got to be in a sketch with you where um, Andrew Weinberg wrote this, where I- uh, You keep referencing people that no one cares about. <laughs> You're like, I don't remember. I was writing on an interview with, uh, up the elevator with you and Deb Shaw, right, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> I love Deb Shaw. But Shout out Deb. to Deb Shaw. But you've got to stop mentioning these people. I mean, uh, you know. I, th- I keep thinking this is just a little FaceTime with you, Cody. Like a like a FaceTime, like right. a FaceTime yeah. call. But I'll stop. I'll only name huge names. From only now name on. let, like just or if you're going to name instead of Weinberg, just say like we. It was you, me, and Elton John, and we were on the <laughs> elevator. <laughs> And we we were each holding boiled eggs that we got at the commissary. Like yeah, that's okay, okay, just yeah. substitute that's big names. Okay. That's a story. That's a story. That's a story that's gonna really pop. Resonate. People will know exactly who I'm talking about, and they will be in awe. But I got to be in a sketch. I, yeah. I, now that I'm actually thinking about it, I did not interact with you that much. But that's appropriate. You're the host of the. Goddamn show. Yeah, I mean, I, what's a lowly intern going to be walking Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, you, I still think it's inappropriate that you're speaking to me. <laughs> oh, that's why I went. You saw me eight minutes late. I'm okay, sweating. Let's talk about I, that. Let's talk okay, about yeah, that. Well, we can get into that. Well, we can we're going to get into that it. right now, Ellie Kemper. <laughs> I know. So I know. everybody is on time, yeah. you know, because. I know that. Everybody is on time. So <laughs> I know. today I come in and I sit down oh, and God. I say, oh, okay. And we're waiting around oh, a little no. bit. And then it's time. And then it's past time. And then more waiting. And, um, um, you know, I time the cocaine so it really peaks at the <laughs> key moment, and it's I'm starting to come down from the coke from all the blow, and then then you show up <laughs> the blow. Then you show up uh, late, um, but you said there was uh, traffic, a lot of traffic. Every, everyone, so I'm speaking to you from Sweet NYC. Mm-hmm. We all know it's it's three hours later here. I'm assuming you're in LA. But... I can't say where I am for security oh, that's right. reasons. You know, <laughs> you're not. But in this, I think you're in a different time. No. Zone. It's in the South Pacific. It's okay. an island in the South Pacific that I own that used to belong to the military. And then the Google guys owned it. And then I bought it from them. So okay, yeah. that's all you need that's, to know. That's, that's all. I no, no more questions about that. Yeah. But I, um, well, this is dramatic. I got out of the car and ran because I could see we weren't getting anywhere. And so I, that, 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 so I was faster on foot 
than in a car. I think everyone bought a car since the pandemic because no one wants to ride um, public transit. And right. so, I mean, that that's what my driver and I decided as we were stuck in traffic that well, everyone also, bought a car. There's and- been traffic in Manhattan, <laughs> I think, since 1928. <laughs> yeah, I think you're there right. There are people it should, it stuck in traffic that were that were that have been there since <laughs> shortly after World War One. <laughs> Yes. And they've been in the same traffic jam and they just, have, they keep deciding, should I get out and walk? I'll give it a little longer. And then their jawbone falls off. Um, but that happens all know, the time. I had to be at your show when I was an intern at 11 a.m. And I I would be late. I would, I, I remember looking at that big clock by, by Rockefeller Center. Mm-hmm. That's a big name, Rockefeller Center. I can mention that. People will be so, like, uh, right? Yeah, odd just by. add more celebrities to it. Andrew Weinberg. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. There you go um, with the Andrew Weinberg. Uh, by the way, <laughs> Shout out to Andrew Weinberg, brilliant writer. But from now on, when we mention him on the podcast, he's David Bowie. Okay, it just makes it more interesting. So anyway, you David Bowie wrote a sketch for the show that you were in, and you and I were in it together, right? We were in it together, and I had um. So well, I don't know how to set it up. I'm going to give away the gag first. It was it probably wasn't that funny. Well, if if (laughs) David David Bowie wrote wrote it, it. yes. But I came in and I'm mad at you. I I look pregnant in the sketch. Okay, so one is led to believe, oh, I'm pregnant with your baby. Right. Well, the gag is it's a volleyball. I can't remember exactly what the, what the punchline was. Trust me, there may not have been a punchline. We did, you know, we did, Ellie, we did a volume business on Late Night. You did. We moved a lot of merchandise. Had, yeah. We were there every night cranking out material and uh, let's not dwell too much on maybe what the gag was, but I'm certain they cast you because you're a redhead. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And so, I'm certain that they thought, oh, there's this, you know, talented redhead intern on the staff. She's the one who will be Conan's sister, you know, Conan's uh, wife who's way too young for Conan, uh, you know, um, Conan's, uh, you know, mom will put old age makeup on her. (laughs) Whenever a redhead, whenever there was a redhead, that's the level of our imagination was you must now be in a sketch where you play one of Conan's relatives. And by the way, I come from a very large family and I was the only redhead. No one else had... I, I had that copper red hair when I, I was never a kid. Knew that. Yeah, and and no one else. My dad's got dark hair. My mom had sort of like chestnut brown hair. You you can attest to this. I was the only yeah, you true were. redhead in yeah, the family. That's true. Now isn't that surprising? Not yeah. surprising because neither of your parents had it. I guess. And our gardener so was it? a redhead. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> dun 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 dun. And his name was Conan. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, it's not surprising because I guess it's a very squirrely gene that that. Yes, so so, it is. so people can have eleven children and all of them can be redheads, or they can have eleven children and one can be a redhead and no one right. else. You never know. Yeah. So what's your story? Are you one Ma- of many redheads? I, I'm one of one. See, I am limited edition. Well, yeah, right. My that's mom, like but me. This is here, why they cast you. That's just like what you described. But there's a difference between your story and my story, which is that my mom has red hair. My mom, Dorothy Kemper, has she has red hair. I ha- oh no, she's not a name, but I dropped it anyway. <laughs> no, but no, she's a name. She's very famous in our house. No, she's she's famous adjacent, so that's fair. Yes. So that's but fair. next time <laughs> you tell yeah. So next, but next time uh, you tell a story about your mom, yeah. you've got to switch it. You know, I got it. And it's got to yeah. be Luciano Who's Pavarotti, it? the famous <laughs> opera singer. My mom, Fair pa- enough. Pavarotti. Pavarotti. Yeah. She has red hair. Um, I'm one of four. And I have an older brother, a younger sister, and a younger brother. And not, they're all brown. They're all, can you call, does a man, is he a brunette? Or are only women brunettes? 
Let's see. Yeah, I asked the hard. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I honestly don't know. I, often, I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm. I just only think. I just never think about men at all. I know. Ever. I know. Sure. Sure, you don't. But yeah, no. I hope no. <laughs> I want to hold one and be with one, but huh. what's happening here? Hey, what, wait. What? We is went that? off the rails, or did oh, okay. we? Maybe or, this is the real me. <laughs> finally, at last. <laughs> You know, but so so we've talked a little bit about how you interned on the show and then mm-hmm. and and did some work as a sketch performer. Yes. And then um, the next time I notice you cropping up is on The Office. Is that yes. correct? And I'm sure you did things in between, but commercials. You did commercials. These were commercials that were widely circulated. Actually, I have to, apparently not wide enough, uh, but because uh, you aren't familiar <laughs> with them. But yeah, they no, they were widely circulated. Oh. Um, I was in, yes, they paid the bills. I got a lucky streak of commercials, in fact. But the next, the big job was the one on the office. That's exactly right. And um, that was, you know, I think that was about four years after interning for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I really do think Greg Daniels, who I really do think for a while, he was just taking the list of my interns <laughs> and hiring them directly. I, I think that was the love. And cause I later on noticed that he didn't even have people working in casting. It was just <laughs> anybody who had gotten me coffee or had, he was immediately hiring them. Was on the show. Yeah. And it, it seems to have worked, but you played, you know, it's funny because you, sh- you show up on that program and you felt like you, you showed up at a time when you felt like, well, they've got everything they need on this show and your character, Aaron, was great because it was a it was a different take. Your relationship with with Michael Michael Scott was different. Yeah. It, I yes. mean, Dwight Schrute really looked up to Michael, but you idolized Michael in totally. this way that was a different energy than what anyone else was supplying, which I thought was kind of cool. Very cool. It was a great dynamic. It was great. It was, of course, so fun for me to play because. Um, she was in the same universe as Michael Scott, I think, and did see him as a father figure and idolized him in a way that um, I think, yeah, besides Dwight, no one else really did. And I got, my character entered the uh, story of the show because um, Pam was uh, being promoted to a salesperson. And so a receptionist needed to fill the desk. And it was, anyway, it, it was a matter of like being in the right place at the right time and and I, I don't know being an intern of yours and having that direct <laughs> pipeline but but that was of course like the job of a lifetime it's yeah. uh yeah you know all those well, well you guys. know it's, they're great it's funny because first of all you are so good uh at playing optimism and uh uplift and kindness and joy and and no guile you're really good at that 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 was just in your wheelhouse for you to idolize this guy who shouldn't be idolized and that's right that's such a great comedy fountain that they could plug into that of course you're not going to get from the pam character conan that is i just have to acknowledge what an enormous compliment that is from you thank you i will remember that for the rest of my life you can't just gave me a nice compliment. I I think that that's a very it, that that sort of um like you said guileless character hadn't been on the show and like Michael and Aaron become pals. Uh, like there's an episode called Cafe Disco where it's just Aaron and Michael mm-hmm. just downstairs in this sort of homemade coffee shop just gr- like dancing just partying and it's really it was it was you know it was a very um unique I think relationship there. I cried in real life when Steve Carell was leaving the show. 
which sort of was undeserved because I had only, like, my tears were not, I didn't earn the right sort of to weep over Steve Carell's departure because I wasn't one of the originals. You know, I, I came in at the end of the fifth season, but I, w- I think I felt that dyna- a little bit of that dynamic in real life, too. I don't know. It was, it was a sweet relationship there. This reminds me of Paul Rudd. Uh, was on the last episode of Friends, the final episode, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> he's such you a wept? he's such a horse's ass. But he he's on the last episode, guest starring, and the show ends, and it's this end of this iconic series, and everybody comes forward for this big bow, and and he said he decided he just went out and he walked up to the whole cast and he said we did it and gave them a big hug and he said they were looking at him kind of like you know he was mustering the same but you know uh, know, that's me yeah Yeah. well no you had more right you were actually in the cast I was in the cast (laughs) you know it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think CarShield. CarShield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, Mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call CarShield and choose the mechanic to do the work. CarShield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. Handy. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me. Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice to protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com/conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com/conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And for good reason. It's an absolute hit. Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever. Okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and Crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. the perfect person to play Kimmy Schmidt because there's, and, and this is what I think is attractive about this, this character that you have, uh, this, this thing that you can access, which is, and I don't know if it comes from the Midwest, mm-hmm. uh, but you're able to access real sincerity and good heartedness that can be played for great comedy because I, I also, I, I think sometimes we're tired of snark and characters yeah. who we've been, we're constantly bombarded with characters mm-hmm. who are jaded and with mm-hmm. people who have seen it all and done it all and they're rolling their eyes. And for your character to emerge from a bunker mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> after all these years and, and, and just be so determined <laughs> to see the world in a certain yeah. way is really nice. I mean, I, uh, Will Ferrell did it in Elf and it's, yeah, it's yeah. And, and, and I think that is, not an easy thing to do. You really did a beautiful job of it. Well, thank you very much. That that show, Kimmy Schmidt, of course, was created by Robert Carlock and Tina Fey, who are masters of comedy writing. And I thought when I read the pilot that this would be very difficult to pull off because it was, you know, essentially a sitcom, but the premise for anyone who doesn't know, is that it's a it's about a woman who named Kimmy Schmidt who was rescued from a bunker after being kidnapped and held underground for 15 years and emerges with as much um, optimism and spunk as, as though the thing had never happened. And it's a testament, I think, to her tenacity and fortitude that she's able to do that. But it is, you know, it's a sincere show, which, which I think, and it has heart. I have always had the utmost respect for Tina, her um, standard is so high. She is, I think, very tough on herself. And if you look at 30 Rock Mm -hmm. and you look at the density of the jokes, there's so many of them and they're all so good. And you can tell that they just kept going back at that script and saying, Correct. there can be more jokes mm-hmm. and they can be better. I respect really hard workers. And I think yeah. that good stuff comes from hard work. And I don't know if I can think of a harder worker than Tina Fey. She's just 
oh, I know. Uh, determined to make things good. And she has an iron will, you know? Oh, I know. Uh, and so I, I, I was not surprised when Kimmy Schmidt came out and I could just see the level of the writing is oh, yeah. so superb because I can find myself watching TV sometimes where my kids will steer me to something and I, I can be a hard ass because I can say, mm-hmm. well, they're kind of just getting away on with attitude right now or yeah. they're kind of breaking the rule that I think is important. Yeah. And so I'm really fun to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> they look forward to it every night. Let's relax and watch TV with Let's Dad. Let's watch Dad explain to us why this is why shit. Why something's funny or bad. Uh, but why I this thing we love is shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing we used, we we thought we were allowed to love, we can't. I, of course, you are exactly right. They are some. They are the hardest workers I've ever worked with, and. Those jokes, and now I'm without naming anything specific, since ending that show and going on to work on other stuff, it's I have such an even greater appreciation of the care that they took to hone yeah. every joke. Like you said, I can't imagine how many times they went through each joke to make it just perfect. You know, in a way that I uh, admire, kind of. There, there, there was no improv on that set, which I think is great because it makes... It's very clear what the what well. The, I have a theory uh, about improv. Are. Improv can be wonderful. Um, improv mm-hmm. can be wonderful, and it can be a great tool. And obviously, in the right hands, people can improvise wonderful things. I think sometimes, um, and I mean this as a compliment, but Judd Apatow used some improv in some of his early movies, and he would encourage it with his actors, but. They did it in a very controlled situation with mm-hmm. incredibly funny improvisers. I think the problem Oof. is that people saw that and said, yes. oh, I get it. Yeah. Let people improvise. And then I remembered seeing a whole slew of movies that were trying to do that. And I think TV shows where they all thought they were being hilarious. And oh. you realized, you know what? This should have been worked out in a room. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a waste of everyone's time yeah. and resources. And like you said, sure, if you're going to get a band of world-class improvisers and do a run where they're, you right. know, if they have a funny idea, okay, good. But most people aren't world-class improvisers and should not improvise. And 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 you might think it's funny in the room when you're shooting it, which it probably is not. And I'm coming out real hard against improvising. Well, I wanted to try, I'm gonna, right here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to edit out yeah. the part where I set it up saying I'm tough on improvising. Yes. Then we're just going to run the part where you shit on improvising. Tyrate. Then we're going to add okay. another part where I say, yeah. hey, take it easy. I think improv- improvisation is wonderful. What's your problem, Ellie Kemper? And uh, yeah, good. and you're just going to look, you're gonna look so bad. Well, I hate improv and I always have. Just no, I'm kidding. There's a time in a place and usually I the time the place f- is not on a set. I'm going to go further. I think all theater is a huge waste of time. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, you were so mad when Broadway reopened. Oh my God. <laughs> when Broadway bravely reopened in the face of COVID, I was enraged. And I was, I picketed, remember? I had a sign. You had a sign I said, it said down with theater and then parentheses, including Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, you specified it. Yeah, and I, I, very few people were behind me on that stance. Yeah. No, I know, I know, but that's why it was all the more courageous, I thought. But yeah. yeah, no, theater is awful and it's sad what's <laughs> happened as they've opened up their doors again. But Ellie, your have. yes ending is just gonna be go very badly for you. <laughs> Stop. Know. Stop saying yes, Conan, you're I right. Know. Um, I know. <laughs> so I gotta mention bridesmaids, and I'm curious your perspective on 
the the juggernaut that that became. I've always sort of really admired that there hasn't been like a bridesmaids too. There's something really lovely about deciding no, we're not yep. we're not going to turn this into make nine of these. Conan, what if it was me? I was like, I put my foot down. So I'm, it's a joke because I'm such a supporting member. So like they couldn't have possibly made it without me. Well, you know, me. They, you I did. Was like, it was I'm you. It, I read about it this. It was I you. Know. And they said, we can't, she has red hair and this needs to be a redhead. And then they yeah. came to me. Oh, they, yeah, And they, they said, said, would I dress as you? And I yeah. had your back. I said, <laughs> yes, you. I will. Yes, oh. I will. And I'll do it for a lot less money. I but, just need to be in yeah. a movie. You know, it's a story not many people know about, but now I hope, you know, the listeners will continue to spread what actually happened. I agree with you. Of course, I have nothing to do with the decisions to make a sequel, but I personally, and I, I hope it's okay to go on record agreeing with you yet again, which is that um, it's special in its own way. It was a really, it, I thought it came out so near perfectly almost. And it was not, you know, at the time, a lot of the questions were about females being funny, and it's a, it's a, I believe one quote was, it's a chick flick that doesn't suck. I don't know who, but I, it was, maybe that was just my dad. I'm kidding. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't talk like I've that. I've always hated your father. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the, absur- but, the absurdity, first of all, it's a discovery that's been made hundreds of thousands of times, times before Bridesmaids. Over and over. I know. I feel like Christopher Hitchens had just written his thing. I think that was, I think it was all in the zeitgeist, and so it was something for journalists to ask about. But I, you mean, sequel, I, how does it feel to be women who are funny in a funny yeah. movie and right. not are you not, surprised? Not realizing yeah. how incredibly condescending that is. Oh, uh, just the question alone. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo wrote the script, and they wanted to tell a story about. A, a friend, a woman getting married, and how and how that makes um, her friends feel, and that was the story they wanted to tell, and it involved a lot of women, and that was you know by by chance, I guess. I mean, that was they didn't set out to like write a feminist manifesto or anything like that, and I I couldn't be. I think that you know in certain cases maybe sequels are. I can't come up with one right now. Oh, Paddington Two is a good sequel. Oh, That's Paddington sequel. Two is. I'm mm-hmm. not doing a joke here. I happen to know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. Considered. I think it's the highest mm-hmm. rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes ever. Yep. It used to be Citizen Kane. And then, <laughs> I'm not kidding, they found a, an early review of Citizen Kane that was unfavorable and it tipped the scales in favor of Paddington 2. So <laughs> Are Padding, you serious? No, and I have- I didn't know that. My kids yeah. told me about it and I said, wait, we're going to sit and watch Paddington 2? And this is, I think, two years ago. It was during COVID. Yeah. And I- had a little bit of a, what is this? We're going to watch Paddington 2? <laughs> oh, Don't no. I need to have seen Paddington 1? And why are we even <laughs> watching? Is it a bear? Why would I be? And I actually had grown a big walrus mustache and I was wearing a, a vest, uh, a vest and a top hat. Why are we going to watch? And my kids said, uh, it's a perfect movie. I sat down and I watched this thing and I will attest to all my listeners that Paddington 2, it's one of the best crafted movies I've ever seen. It's And I'm not uh, yeah. saying that with any irony. I'm not saying nope. that like wink, wink. Nope. You know, it is a perfect movie. 
Paddington yeah, too. I, it's fantastic. It's uh, and you, so uh, let me know. Uh, let me ask and then know. Have you seen Paddington one? I have you, not. I, I've not. Yeah, I've almost. It's ha- also I, very good. I, I hear it's really good too. I yeah. just happen to know that Paddington two has this aura about it. I'm going to. I know. I'm almost afraid to watch one now because if it has the slightest flaw, <laughs> I know. I'll be like, wait, you know, you just showed me a Fabergé egg, and now you're yeah, showing yeah, me yeah. Uh, a ham sandwich. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. You can't. You can't. I. 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 I, I don't. Uh, uh, disagree with that choice but, but I, it is it's fantastic Hugh Grant is so good yes in that movie yeah he's hilarious did you ever did you stay to watch the credits with his dance routine oh I think Wh- it, what are you talking about of course I stayed uh, to watch the credits because oh, my oh, okay. children make sure I see every second of everything right because right. the Marvel movies have taught my children always stay through all the credits there might be something mm-hmm. special that happens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that only I, I've so many times seen them disappointed because mm-hmm. we've stayed and watched all the credits to mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> and nobody's dancing. Uh, you know, they don't reunite everybody that was killed horribly in the movie, uh, no. <laughs> and they do no, a dance at the end. But no. um, to bring it back around, uh, Bridesmaids is one mm-hmm. of those films that anytime it comes on, I want to say I have about eleven of these. Anytime it comes on, and I'm with my wife, we that's what we're watching. I say this as because here's what I felt like, kind of an audience member in the airplane scene when Kristen it has taken um I guess a, a an anti-anxiety yes, pill yeah. I, I can't and so she's th- that whole scene was like watching you know world-class inst- a world-class show a, a comedy show right, right before me so when I say that I enjoy watching it of course no one likes to watch him or herself on I mean I don't think so do people like to watch themselves on camera it's weird it's well, not, whatever I know some people who love to watch themselves <laughs> I I am not one but I no. do know comedians I want to know, but you don't have to say it. I mean, why would you say them? Maybe you're about to. Uh, okay, I love okay. the I love the guy, but whenever, yes. but John Lovitz, God love him. <laughs> whenever Lovitz. I was around him, and they were and 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 they were rerunning some of his, one of his sketches, he'd be like, "Look at that! Quiet, everybody! Quiet!" No. And, oh no, and I love him for it. He I loves know. to no, see I him. Know. He loves to see himself, sure. and he's and well, he he's is unabashedly kind of. He's yes, and then he'll cute. he'll he'll watch himself be really funny, and then he'll turn to the rest of us and go. Jealous, <laughs> and uh, if he and were I, doing it secretly, it would be so much worse. Yeah. So I, so yeah, so okay, then that's fine. And so, watching that, just Melissa McCarthy, all everyone in that show and that movie is is brilliant. And none, nobody was like, I think everybody was recognizable to well known, but there were no. How do I say this politely? I don't think anybody was like, is this okay to say like. Uber instantly recognizable superstar. Yes, and and then after that movie, <laughs> obviously everybody, everybody was elevated. Uh, but it, yeah. it's it it is we're so um, gender conscious and race conscious, and there's a lot that's good about that and really good mm-hmm. about that. And mm-hmm. and but when something like bridesmaids happens, it it can feel disappointing when people say, "See, yeah. isn't this interesting?" Oh, I know. That women, when they gather their forces, yeah, uh, you know, you, you feel like, do we do we need to do this? Can't we just <laughs> I know. accept that Lucille Ball was killing it in 1951? Yeah. Um, yeah. Without that being um, a, a talking point or issue, and right. I feel like not to throw them under the bus, but they're terrible people. Anyway, there were I feel like there were the people who uh, like sent me an email or mentioned how funny Bridesmaids was back in 2011, I guess when it came out. 
They were like finance guys. I mean, don't ask me why I'm getting all these emails from finance guys. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But they were. Well, there like was a invest- while where you were you. First of all, I'll be honest. You put it out there that you wanted to marry a very wealthy man, <laughs> I know, and you I did. did. You, I and made you, no secret about yeah, it. Yeah, and you would go you on know. talk shows, and I remember you yeah. doing the talk show circuit and saying, "Before we begin, <laughs> if there are any circuit. finance guys out there, I'd like to hear yeah. from you and send sure. your portfolio along." That's, I would set it up. Well, or I would ask the host to set it. Either way, it was. It was that you was, had well, me every you know, time I you came on the show. Yeah. you had me start by saying, you yeah. know, I'd list your credits yeah. and what you had done, and then you'd say her goal is uh, is to meet a man who has at least six hundred million dollars liquid, <laughs> and it was always liquid. Yeah. Liquid. Has to be liquid. I, oh, well, that was yeah, 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 yeah. I, always, I that was like with underlined. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like if it's not liquid, I'm not interested. <laughs> you know, and so it had to be liquid. It was a and very so weird was, intro. It was a very weird I, intro. No, but people got. I want to think people got used to it. I don't know if they did, um, but I I did get a lot of emails from finance guys. Uh, no, but it was it's people. It's it's bros. Oh, bros I, can I, who can I say bros that? who are like bros. I can't believe it. Yeah, you guys, this it's movie's so, so funny, and yet yeah, but but there's no. The John Lovitz, or what you know, and it's like no, it's it's just jealous. <laughs> Do bros love? Are you John jealous? Lovitz? I don't think bros are like whoa. I Lovitz <laughs> is one of the funniest people I know, but but uh, but, but I don't but think, I don't think bros bro are following. high-fiving each other. I don't think they're <laughs> dropping their lacrosse sticks and high-fiving each other and going whoa, <laughs> Lovitz, dude. Let's do shots <laughs> with Lovitz. Hello, fellas. Right. Jealous. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, we have yeah, to talk about something. If there's one thing that if we no. and if we don't talk about this, I know uh, it's going to be a problem. But um, I'm going to talk about a writer. I know I swore <laughs> to not talk about people who, but yeah. uh, there's a writer on my show who uh, I love dearly, and he's hilarious and brilliant. And I'm going to say all these very nice things about him. His name's Michael Komen, and um, the thing about him is that I was so comfortable with Michael. Komen, and he used to, in my defense, he used to taunt me sometimes and get his face in mine and say things that he knew would infuriate me. Yeah. So I would often wrestle with this writer named Michael Komen. And uh, maybe maybe there was a time where I took my belt off and tried to, ch- and chased him around and tried to whip him with my belt. My point is, listen, that's neither here nor there. And, no, and I, I didn't admit to anything. I said, it's possible that something no. like that happened. The, the no. thing is, this guy, ends up meeting, falling in love with, and marrying none other than Ellie Kemper. So Ellie it's Kemper true. is married to this <laughs> yes. guy, Michael Komen. And because oh. I've always had kind of a, he's like my younger brother. I tease I, oh. him. I wrestle him. I adore yeah. him. Uh, he's he's brilliant. I've always been oh. in awe of his talent. But I always have to get into it with him. And, yes. and, and so there have been times <laughs> where I've been talking to you on my late night show uh-huh. And I start to go off on this terrible writer named Michael Komen, who's a complete yeah. fool and an ass. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and the audience doesn't know that I'm doing it as a loving joke to him. Uh, right. And you right. play along and go, oh my God, yeah, that guy's horrible. You will throw your own husband under no. the bus it's to play- It's terrible, but- but not terrible because I I also I, I also see him as a younger brother. I'm kidding. I, I please I tell me that you hit him with your belt. Please tell I me. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> Every- 
every uh, yeah every here here's the thing he is deserving of a whipping I think he is ridiculous <laughs> in the same ways that you think of and honestly I think so I love the dynamic that I, of course I mean you had this d- dynamic before I entered uh, before I knew either of this you, is I think. yeah this is I will you, tell you a true you story we were out in LA doing live shows late night shows I think in LA and we were. <laughs> in the parking lot in the valley of a deli about to go in and eat food. And of course, Michael and I are roughhousing. We're adults, we're adult (laughs) men. And I'm a known adult man and I'm roughhousing with him in the parking lot and he grabs my shirt, which was a brand new shirt that I liked and he pulled on it and he tore it. (gasps) So I chased him, caught him, tore his shirt to shreds so that he was completely bare chest naked from the waist up in a parking lot, in a parking lot in the valley on Ventura. And then he had to get back in his rental car and (laughs) drive home with, and it looked like he was a naked man driving. This is the relationship I I have with this guy. And then he marries- the the I, the beautiful, famous, and talented Ellie Kemper, yeah, and I a feel like of, of good class and yeah, and manner. yeah. And I, I feel know. like, do I have to change the way I behave now that I, he's I married Ellie? Not. Do I have to change yeah. the way I behave around Michael yeah. Coleman? And then I realized I didn't to this day. And he's so talented, and he's gone on to I do know. such great stuff. He's yeah. going to win an Oscar, and when I see him yeah. and he's holding his Oscar for writing some <laughs> screenplay, I'm going to tackle him and throw <laughs> no. the, and then I'm going to throw the Oscar in the sewer, and then he's going to tackle me and retrieve <gasps> oh. the Oscar and beat yeah. me with a sewage-covered Oscar. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I couldn't agree. I mean, I don't know why the that relationship between the two of you brings me such joy. As you know, or I guess I've surmised, he adores you and and loves you. And I think that when he has um, to, or I'll kill him. Well, yes, it's true. It's true. It's not. It's not entirely by choice. So that's that's what that setup is. Oh, by the way, I said, what message do you have for Conan? And he said to give him my. This is Michael speaking. Please give him my love and begrudging respect. Nice. There we go. You. Very nice. There it goes. But it is, um, I, I don't know, because that did that start from day one? Like yeah. When you- it, it, he, well, no, probably not from day one, but but your husband, uh, he's a very good looking guy, but he's he wears glasses and he had, <laughs> he used to, he, he knew how to get under my skin in kind of a comedic way, but he would get right in my face and sometimes pitch an intentionally bad idea with a big grin, like, as if like taunting a mad dog. Oh, and, and then, what a jerk. And then yeah. I would lose it and go after yeah. him. And then, of course, uh, I am myself uh, a mentally unbalanced person <laughs> sure. who grew up in a large family with a lot of issues. And so yeah. I'm guilty of many, many crimes. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> and so yeah. I, uh, you know, there are many times when he didn't deserve anything. And yet I would chase <laughs> him down the hallway and um, yeah. tackle him and remove my belt and start to pretend to whip him with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, pretend. I, uh, pretend. <laughs> I, they were, I mean, my, yeah. No one was really hurt. Really? I mean, nothing really that didn't hurt. heal up after <laughs> right, right, a couple right. of weeks. No, I, I, Michael, I mean, it is an unusual, I have, I don't know that I've seen that 
play out as much. Oh, it's illegal. Know, That's why you haven't seen it. It's illegal. <laughs> it's against the law. It's illegal. And but, uh, <laughs> there's, there's a reason. You, that yeah. No one else is. Well, doing and I it. wish you, you guys lived in the same city so we could see you more and, and you could, you know, get into more uh, physical matches because. I, I will think fly. To, I, I will, I, at my own expense, I will yes, fly to wherever you flight. are. Yep. I will okay, charter great. a flight. I will yeah. do whatever yeah. it takes. I will walk across the United yeah. States if I have to. Yep. But I will. <laughs> I will wrestle your husband to the ground well, in front of you, and I will pour a cold oatmeal on his head. <laughs> and it'll be out of love. Now, I hope I can mention, I mean, I again, well, it involves Michael, who we've just been talking yep. about. But one of my favorite sketches of all time is when you, and, and tell me if this is not something, you, whatever, but um, you, when you went to his apartment, yes. they just let you right up. When um, Michael, again, like allegedly called it, or he did call he him did. sick. Yeah, this is, a, this is you can look this sick. up online, Michael Komen, yeah. and you can see the famous Michael Komen, the now infamous Michael Komen. He yeah, called right. in one day saying that he wasn't well and he couldn't come to work. And we were a little suspicious. Like, is he really not sick? I know. Or did he just no. so we grabbed a camera crew and we drove down into the village. <laughs> yeah. And you see me. This is, you know, whatever, I don't know, two thousand four, yeah. two thousand who knows? It was a long yeah, time yeah. ago. Long time ago. But I uh go up the stairs, I talk to his super, I get in there, I they bang. They let you right in. And they I didn't and ask any I questions. Go, yeah, exactly. The super should not have let me in, but they no. let me right in. Yeah. I take the elevator up, I go into his apartment, and I am really quizzing him on if he's yeah. if he is he really that sick. Yeah. And it's kind of compelling to watch because I think we nailed him. I don't think he was sick yeah. enough. He, are school. you kidding me? I can tell from, no, he was not sick. He, and he doesn't even, he sounds a little stuffed up. And this is way before COVID. Like this wasn't before, oh, I want to keep my community safe. This was him being a little tired, not having any responsibilities except his job, which he completely just, you yeah, know, bailed you. on. Yeah, thank and, you. And, there was a, and then furthermore, you brought him to the show. If he was well enough to get in a car and go to the show, he was not, he wasn't even in bed when you got there. Right. <laughs> No, I, no, I we totally nailed him. Length. Of course, none of these <laughs> yeah. things, as we said, in the COVID era, none of this dates very well. Because the idea oh. that someone said, I don't feel well, I'm not coming to work, and I drove right. and made them come <laughs> to a studio taping. <laughs> Again, <laughs> right. I believe that's oh, illegal. The day. So, I know now I know, it is. Yeah. I know. I, uh, I'm, it's shocking that I'm not in prison. Um, <laughs> now, you are, you've done this, uh, <gasps> do I call it a reboot? Of, yeah, you're uh, not supposed to say that. No, no, okay. Uh, no, you, you can, yeah. I don't no, know I've what I'm- instructed. It, <laughs> oh, did they instruct you? Because we can take that out. I can go like this. Tell us, uh, Home Sweet Home Alone. Tell us about this. Tell me about yes. Home Sweet Home Alone. Home Sweet Home Alone is um, a reimagining of the- uh, of the um, Home Alone movies mm -hmm. of the '90s, the ones with Macaulay Culkin, mm -hmm. and it's there's a, um, in it Rob Delaney and I get to play this um, pair of parents who are essentially the burglars, and so we get to break into this kid's house because we think he has something he's stolen something very valuable from our house, and we need this valuable thing because we need to sell it to pay off the mortgage on our house. So we're actually good people trying to you know right. You're um, not the sort of cartoon villains, right? No. No. So we get very beaten up by this kid uh, played by Archie Yates, who was in Jojo Rabbit. I don't mm -hmm. know if you if He's you great. That. I and love Jojo he, Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's great in this movie, too. And he's, I mean, he's a kid, but he's great. <laughs> well, come on. He's a Can kid. you imagine a kid could be good at something? It's it's here to- it, What if you had cast, what if they had cast Macaulay Culkin? 
<laughs> who's currently who's we currently fifty four years old and has on his third hip. He's, he's limping we around. Find anyone else? He was the only. That is one really who lazy casting. Lazy casting. And they put him in yeah. one of those like really bad fake kid outfits, like a Lord yeah. Fauntleroy short yeah. pants, giant lollipop. Yeah. He's clearly go with it. He's, sha- he's shaving during parts yeah. of it. <laughs> How adorable is he, by the way? Though, in uh, have you seen the John Hughes Home Alone many times or no? Yes, I, I mean, have. I've seen it many. Yeah, it's, it's such a good movie. Oh yeah, it, and and he's so good in it. Macaulay Culkin. Why am I? Why have I made this podcast all about my, my love for Macaulay Culkin? Very suddenly took a, a, a one eighty, and I'm, I just I can't. Get I love you're of trying Macaulay to get Culkin people to turn out for a movie that everyone has seen a hundred times. Yeah, I know. You know, <laughs> Titanic. I mean, have you seen you it? You gotta give it a chance. It's it's fantastic. But this is um so yeah this is this is the um I guess the newest installment in the Home Alone franchise, and it it's called Home Sweet Home Alone. The only thing that I think is un, uh, unusual about this movie is that the uh, Archie is of course British and his mom is uh, British. <laughs> it's never really brought up. Their dad, Archie's dad, is played by Andy Daly. Yes, who I think you I, know. I, I I know and revere Andy Daly. Of course you do. He's like one of the funniest I, I, people I ever. Also, yep, yeah, one of the funniest people ever. And I got to do one day with him because of how everything shook out, and it was like such an honor and joy. So why but is it weird like, that he's British? If, if so, so what? Uh, if Andy has an American accent, oh, and the no, 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 I'm saying it is unusual. He has an American accent. I'm, I don't, I'm not doing a good job promoting this because I'm pointing out an immediate <laughs> flaw. No, it's just something I find interesting. Sure, a discussion. Tell us point. about other flaws Can't, with this project you're promoting. You know, there's a, there's not a lot of plot. No, I'm kidding. There's a great plot. <laughs> That'd be great. There's not. There's, really, it doesn't hold together. It really doesn't no. hold together. No, falls apart by by the 40 minute mark. No, it's it's. Oh, and one great thing. Now I'm going to bring up the original again. It's the John Williams. They use the John Williams score, which I didn't know they were going to until I actually saw it, and it's really beautiful. I, I hope that you know. I just hope people like it. It's. I, it, you shouldn't compare the two because it's its own thing. But no, they shouldn't compare um, it to the original Home Alone, but they should compare it to Paddington Two. <laughs> yeah. Well. And then you that. decide which is the superior <laughs> film. Yeah. Right. I think that's only Paddington fair. Paddington 2 is flawless. I know. We can't, it can't, doesn't hold a candle to Paddington 2, and you can quote me on that. Um, <laughs> you want that to be what the pull terrible. quote? No, I'm sure. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. No, check it out. See what you think, and then and then you'll you'll text me. I don't know what you'll do. Ellie, you I've, known you, Ellie no. I've known you. Ellie, I've known you for many years, and yeah. uh, I've known you to always be a lovely person. Um, I know... It's hard for you to talk to me since I really created you, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, you know, I, don't, I formed I, you out of that. formed you out of clay. Uh, <laughs> no, I know. You know, if I hadn't given you that internship, I think you'd be scraping barnacles <laughs> off of old garbage scows right now for a living. <laughs> but it was all me. It all turned on me. It was all you. And, and I think Tina Fey maybe did a little bit. No, I. But think I think no. I did far more. It was you. Uh, and so um, I wish you nothing. Nothing but goodness, and Conan, uh, you're a- right back to you. I, I, rev- I all, all joking aside, I revere you. I, I, you have such a special place in my. Well, now it's coming out. It's I know. Out. I always, I always but, engineer it so that there's no way to compliment I me. Um, I, I know. No, but anyway, I just adore you. So, and it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Well, let's so hang some time. Uh, I want to. Yeah. I really do want to hang with you sometime, uh, and I do consider you a friend. And I want you to bring your husband. Yeah, and I will beat the living daylights out of him in front of you. And I am 
so happy we got to talk about him. Yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm really glad that we- uh, yeah. Ellie, I hope I see you soon. And thank you so much you. for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I just had a blast. So thank you. And thank you, Sona. Thanks, guys. Valvoline Instant Oil Change is the quick, easy, trusted place for your next oil change. Valvoline's convenient, no appointment needed. You can even stay in your car while they do the work. You don't have to sit in some waiting room, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their friendly, certified technicians have over 270 hours of training, and they get you in and out fast while performing a thorough, free 18-point maintenance check with your oil change. We got someone here who just experienced this, our own Aaron Blair. Blair, well, how was it? It was awesome. I took my Jeep uh, jock jams in and got a sweet oil change, and uh, and I actually brought a book because I thought it would take a while. <laughs> And uh, they had me in and out in like 15 minutes. It was awesome. Well, also, you should point out, you can't read. I can't. So, But I wanted people to <laughs> you, think I could. Yeah, but I mean, you know. uh, come on. Yeah, maybe somebody hot is there. And they're literate. like, oh, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, and then, then you know, now I've, I'm, I got a date. Yeah, yeah I don't but, think that's, uh, that's not how people meet each other. Didn't, didn't have time for that. Yeah, so if you see Blay driving around in his beautifully oiled jock jams, <laughs> give him the old thumbs up. <laughs> or throw a tangerine at him. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Valvoline, they're doing it right. Visit valvoline.com slash Conan for an exclusive offer towards your next oil change. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair. For six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Hey guys, let's do some voicemails, check in with the people. What do you say? It's always good. I'm like a king that dresses up as common folk and goes out among the villagers to hear what they're saying mm. yeah. about the uh, the great leader. Henry yes, let's hear. Yeah. let's hear from the, uh, from the folk. Okay, Sammy, take it away. Hey, Colin. Uh, this is Santosh Matthew. And I was just wondering, if you could give birth to any animal, not including humans, what would it be? My first answer would be something very small. Yeah. Uh, Smart. Yeah. I mean, Sony, you just had twins. Um, uh, I I want it to be something quite small, not something that's going to uh, kill me during childbirth. And it's going to 
sorry to get technical, but it comes off out of the urethra and not like the butthole, right? I don't want to get specific. Okay. And well, I think I think it's important that we do. <laughs> uh, I do you poop it out or do you pee it out? I'm going to prefer a, I'm going to prefer uh well, this is putting me in an awkward position, but I'm going to say it's a buttocks birth. <laughs> so, uh good. We're clear. So, okay, we're clear. And the the you know, the butt uh, as it's designed to for men by mother nature, it will uh, it separates and plenty of space is made during male birth. Anywho. Yeah. Um, <laughs> People do say that about you, that you have birthing buttocks. I've often, they, yeah, I get that a lot. People come up and slap me on the ass and say, you've got nice wide birthing buttocks. Yeah. And I say, thank you. Uh, I'm going to say it needs to be small. So at first I was thinking like this, what's the smallest animal? But now that I'm remembering that when the male gives birth, the buttocks separate and there's plenty of room. I love a baby grizzly. <laughs> They're so adorable. What? They're gorgeous. Have you seen oh, little baby yes. grizzly bears? Yes. They're adorable. Oh. They're wonderful. And I love bears. I just love bears. So I'm going to say a very small baby grizzly I wish would come out. A and then premature I can play. baby grizzly. Well, don't, don't get creepy. It's fine. It's, it's, it's I'm lungs getting are creepy? Its lungs are fully developed. It's fine. It's just a little on the small side. It's a little underweight, but it's not a painful birth. Okay. That it's going to be painful. Yeah. No matter how much you expand, it's going to be painful. No, I'm going to have an epidural. I I'm going to have all it, the medication. Still, it still yeah. makes it hurt a little bit, I'm sure. Um, when my wife was giving birth to our daughter, she was in incredible pain, incredible pain. And she was freaking out. I mean, she was just in a lot of pain. Uh, and then they, uh, someone finally said, let's give her an epidural. And my wife said, yes, please do that. And so they ushered me out of the room they brought whatever the equipment was or whatever into the room. I came in five minutes later and my wife was flipping through a Vogue magazine. <laughs> and she was like, oh, hello. And I swear to God, she had makeup on that oh, just man. appeared and her hair was done. And she was like, oh, hi, how are you? Would you like an apple teeny? You know, it was just, it was incredible, oh. the transformation. So I'm going to get whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get that and I'm going to be in the hospital bed my buttocks will separate, I won't feel it, and uh, a baby grizzly will walk out and go, pa, 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 pa. Already talking. Yeah, it's talking already. Wow. They I, learn to speak very quickly. I guess we're burying the lead by not saying congratulations to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you. Thank you very Congrats much. Congrats on your baby bear. Your yeah. butt, well, butt bear. My buttocks baby bear. Your, yeah. cu your baby cub. My baby cub. And the people will say, was it a buttocks birth? And I go, yeah, buttocks, buttocks birth of the baby grizzly. They're gorgeous. Go check, at them. check out baby grizzlies. They're just lovely. Now, the problem is that within a year, they can tear your throat out. Yes. <laughs> show it to you and then wipe their ass with it. But I will, uh, I'll take that chance. I'll take that chance. Good. Just to have that experience. I don't know. Just because it's cute, you want to risk getting your throat cut out? I don't know if I would do that. Well, no one's asking you. Oh. This is, you know what I mean? Okay. Well, this I'm is a male couch. buttocks birth. Oh. You, you women couldn't possibly know what we men go through. Oh. <laughs> you have no idea what we go through. Wow. You with your vaginal canals, it's so easy. <laughs> try having a, try birthing a grizzly through your buttocks and then come back and tell me that the system's unfair. Uh, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. What was I thinking? Men have been getting this shaft for so long. You poor things. Yeah. And then we have to get right back to work. Anywho. I think we have our answer here. I want to thank this gentleman for thinking of, I think that's the oddest question we've had yet. Yes. It's pretty, yeah, uh, pretty odd. Pretty freaking weird. It's created some violent imagery, but also I think wonderful possibilities for a future where men 
bring little baby cubs into the world mm. and then have an ice pack on their butts <laughs> for at least six months afterwards. A donut. Yeah, they, <laughs> sit, on, they sit on a donut. Yeah. Awful. What a terrible podcast. I blame everyone involved. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Ovsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, and a vehicle. Mm. Or with Nest doorbell, even a package. I can't tell the difference between those things. That's incredible. (laughs) And with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you get 30 days of event video history. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. Go to ADT.com today or call one 800 adt ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC.